What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of FNF Zone Coverage with The Commish. This cast, I'm going over weeks three and four of our third and current season in the FNF. But, before we get into that, real quick, um, I do want to say... And I didn't get the chance to mention this and completely forgot about it during the last cast because I was so focused on kind of recapping you guys on what had happened during the playoffs since the cast before that. Um, we do now have a league YouTube channel um, that covers some of our games of the week. So it's basically like a recap. Eventually, we're going to look into... Um, doing basically the games most as a whole um but if you're interested in subscribing to that and watching some of our games of the week it is capital f underscore lowercase n underscore capital f madden league um again we've got some great games from our guys in the youtuber roles uh when they play some head-to-heads which is basically what our league channel is going to focus on is our YouTubers with head-to-heads against other users. Um, we currently have one game as of me saying this up, which is the San Francisco 49ers and Green Bay Packers game, which I believe actually is within one of these week three or four Um so if you get the chance, absolutely check that out. Um, give us some feedback on what you feel we could do a little better. Um, we also have our Discord channel, which if anybody is interested in just being a supporter or trying to get into the league, that also gives you some information on that as well. So you can uh, you know, do whatever you want support us try to join us um either way it doesn't matter but definitely check that out guys uh so let's jump into it and let's head to week three kicking off week three we have the arizona cardinals going up against the brooklyn bulls um just another shellacking from the bulls here 70 17 final 28 of those points coming in the fourth um, out gaining 624 yards to 216. <clears throat> Arizona didn't even get 100 yards rushing. So, yeah, that's a bad thing for them. Um, they also had two turnovers compared to Brooklyn having none. Time possession just under five minutes in favor of the Bulls. Shea Patterson, another Incredible, incredible game. First of all, a 158-3 rating. Perfect passer rating. 371 yards. Seven touchdowns from him. So, insane. Kyler Murray, 174 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick for him as well. He also got sacked seven times in this game. Absolutely unreal. From a rushing standpoint, we see Sony Michelle... 10 attempts, 170 yards, and a touchdown there. TJ Logan, 9 attempts, 68 yards, and a touchdown chipping in there. Tony Pollard for Arizona, 11 attempts, 42 yards for him. 
Uh, that's about all that they had gotten done there. Receiving Amari Cooper on top. Another great game. Seven receptions, 178 yards, touchdown. Cooper Cup destroying it. Five receptions, 90 yards. Three of those receptions being touchdowns. Incredible for him. Dallas Godert with a 61-yard reception. Um, Tony Pollard for Arizona chipping in with five receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown as well to his rushing totals. Um, Andy Isabella with four receptions, 39 yards, and Travis Kelsey with uh, four receptions, 36 yards. Christian Kirk having a touchdown there for Arizona. Um, Taylor Wallace as well chipping in there. TJ Logan chipping in on the receiving end as well. He had a receiving touchdown. For defense, we're looking at Avante Maddox with eight tackles and a tackle for a loss, as well as Jerome Baker and Jalen Thompson, all for Arizona. Byron Murphy Jr., he had pretty much the same stats, just one less tackle total there with seven. Timothy Poindexter for Brooklyn, seven tackles and a sack there for him. Um... Arizona's third-year man, Brett Wickstrom, out of Bucknell. Six tackles, tackle for a loss, and a sack and a half for him. Uh, for Brooklyn, this is a very, very solid stat here for him. Ogbonia, Oker, on Quo. I don't even know how the hell you pronounce this dude's name. Man, some of these freaking things are like a nightmare. Anyway. Five tackles there for him. Uh, three and a half sacks being that huge stat there for him. Absolutely incredible. Three and a half sack game for him. Um, that's pretty much the bulk of it there. Uh, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a great game for Arizona, but a great, great game for Shea Patterson and those Brooklyn Bulls. Moving on to a divisional game. We've got or another divisional game, rather. Um, the Washington Redskins taking on the London Monarchs. London winning this one, 38-14. Um, 392 yards to Washington's 242. Uh, Washington had two turnovers. Obviously, London with none. So, no surprise there. Almost a 10-minute total time of difference for time of possession going in favor of the Monarchs. Moving on to some stats, we've got Chris Mercado, 244 yards and a four-touchdown game for him. Incredible day. Um, Dwayne Haskins, 179 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions there for him. So that wasn't great. And I am definitely seeing that Kyle Trask, the rookie out of Florida, was not with um, Washington throughout these weeks. Because that guy, I don't know who he played for and who he got drafted by, but dude put up 353 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks for whoever it was. Um, so I guess we kind of got to mark that one a little bit as an asterisk because he had in a pretty solid game, but we don't know for who at this point in time. Um Moving on to rushing, Kareem Hunt, 20 attempts, 105 yards. Didn't score, though, unfortunately, there for him. Um, TJ Yeldon, on the other hand, did. 
Uh, he scored on six attempts, 21 yards. Darius Juice for Washington, 15 attempts, 39 yards, no touchdown there. But Lamar Miller did score on seven attempts and 14 yards. So the guys with the lower totals in this game picking up the touchdown. So good for them. Um, Sterling Shepard leading the receiving stats here. Six receptions, 79 yards, two touchdowns there for him. Really solid game. Evan Ingram as well, seven receptions, 54 yards. Um, he didn't pick up a touchdown, but still, uh, the fact that he got seven receptions, 54 yards for him being the, the type of tight end he is is really solid. Um, Golden Tate as well, chipping in, four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the kind of bright spots for Washington, Terry McLaurin, uh, three receptions, 43 yards there for him. And Steven Sims with five receptions, 42 yards there. Defensively, Trevor Williams up on top, as well as Landon Collins for Washington. Both these guys having eight tackles. Uh, Marquise Golden over there in London, seven tackles for him. Back over to Washington, Corey Littleton having seven tackles as well. So we're seeing um, mainly just tackle totals. Um, actually, London has Leonard Williams here. That's a good stat to point out. Uh, six tackles, five tackles for a loss, and a sack on top of that. So pretty solid game there. JJY, here's a name we haven't heard this year yet. Um, six tackles for him, three tackles for a loss. So not a half bad game for him either. Uh, Aljic Rose is kicking his only field goal as well as automatic from extra point. That long field goal being 40 yards. Let's go to Green Bay against Cincinnati in what was a absolute destruction and dismantling of Cincinnati. Um, Wow. Wow. Uh, first of all, it was a 63 nothing final. Um, but what's crazy is Green Bay had 502 yards of total offense. Cincinnati had 57. 57 yards of total offense. Defense shut them down. Um, they also had two turnovers. Green Bay had one. And time of possession, just over a minute in favor of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, 368 yards, five touchdowns there for him. Um, threw an interception as well. Teddy Bridgewater just getting smacked on again. Uh, 100 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions for him. McCaffrey, 14 attempts, 119 yards and a touchdown another amazing game i'm sure we'll probably see him in the reception totals as well uh for cincinnati auden tate two receptions 22 yards aaron jones also chipping in with four attempts 21 yards and two touchdowns there for green bay uh no surprise once again Devonte adams the top of the list in receiving 10 receptions 197 yards Three touchdowns for him. Henry Ruggs getting in the mix again as well. Six receptions, 159 yards, two touchdowns for him. Um, not much to say, obviously, with 
Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd, three receptions, 38 yards. Antonio Gandy-Golden, two receptions, 20 yards. Uh, let's see if uh, he chipped in here at all. And I do not see McCaffrey. Nope. McCaffrey actually didn't chip in in receiving in this game. So I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, going to defense, here we go. Dragon Ball starting to get in his form for the year. Up top here, 11 tackles. Another freaking double-digit tackle total in this game. Three tackles for a loss, a sack, as well as an interception in this game. So he just destroyed Cincinnati. Um, speaking of, Jesse Bates, the third for them, had seven tackles. Uh, Adrian Almos back over here in Green Bay. Six tackles, two tackles for a loss. Zadaria Smith, listen to this. Six tackles, five sacks in this game for Zadaria Smith. This dude's a monster. He has been both seasons so far like the top defensive player, if not just in the NFC, but the NFL as a whole. Um, the linebacker core that... Green Bay has with Dragon Balls and Zadarius Smith is bar none probably the best in the league. Um, these two just destroy everybody. So to see this is no surprise, but absolutely incredible for those two players. I mean, this is like we're going on the third year now that they've just been on a total destruction. Um, the next game up. A division rival for the Green Bay Packers. Um, Minnesota Vikings taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Minnesota escaping by the skin of their teeth with a 29-27 victory here. Um, stat totals more or less basically evened out. They are in favor of Minnesota. Both teams didn't even eclipse 100 yards rushing here. Both teams had three turnovers. Um an exact minute of time possession in favor of Minnesota in this game. Um, Sam Darnold, 274 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Andrew Luck, 275, three touchdowns, three picks. So even there, like, stats are really, really close between these two from a passing standpoint. Moving on to rushing, we've got Dalvin Cook at the head of things. 17 attempts, 54 yards, and a touchdown for him. Over in Pittsburgh, we've got Chris Carson with 12 attempts, 48 yards, and a touchdown for him as well. Receiving, Stephon Diggs out on top, four receptions, 148 yards, two touchdowns. Pittsburgh, we've got Caden Smith, 147 yards, two touchdowns. Smith-Schuster with... Uh, Three receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Back over to uh, the Vikings. Kyle Pitts, rookie out of Florida. Five receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown there for him as well. I mean, like I said, these stats for, for these two teams in this game are just so, so close. Uh, last thing we got is potentially defensive. So let's see uh, how they rank up here. Devin Bush taking it for Pittsburgh. Seven tackles, four tackles for a loss. Really solid day there for him. Eric Kendricks in Minnesota. Seven tackles, uh, half a sack, and two interceptions for him. The rookie Bud Bud 
for Minnesota, six tackles, a tackle for loss, and a half a sack for him. And then Minka Fitzpatrick over there in Pittsburgh, six tackles and an interception for him. So basically this game almost all out, even though some of the stats have a very degree of difference, um, overall when you kind of jot everything down, it's it's really even. Um, not great stats here for kicking, but Matt Prater was one for two. Um he also went 50% on his extra points. Boswell missed both his field goals but made all of his extra points. So the f the fact that this game um, was a 29-27 final is honestly not too surprising to me. Next up. We've got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Chicago Bears in a 45-42 victory for Baltimore with them scoring 24 to close out that game in the fourth. Um, just a three-yard difference between the two. So we're going to have another like pretty even game here. Um, the Bears turned it over once. They did take the time possession, though, 33-19 to 26-41. So that's a little shock there. Trey Lance, um, a much better game than the first two weeks. 329 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception there for him. Lamar Jackson with the perfect QB rating. Um, 428 yards, four touchdowns for him. And I'm sure he probably chipped in uh, with some rushing as well. Heading over there, we've got David Montgomery, 24 yards, sorry, 24 attempts, 107 yards, two touchdowns. It's probably about the third time since last week I've done this. Um, Mark Ingram, 16 attempts, 60 yards, two touchdowns there for him. Terry Cohen chipping in with a touchdown for Chicago. Um, let's see, what do we got here for one Lamar Jackson? Moving over into my other game so I can check these stats out for him. He had... Wow, okay. So he only had one attempt to four yards, so nothing major. It wasn't even a stat to look at, um, but I wanted to be on the safe side anyway. You know, because you just never know. Sometimes there's going to be a stat there that you may not think of and uh it could be something huge it could be a difference in the game so let's move on to receiving uh we've got case and rudy with seven receptions 118 yards no touchdown there but continuing his pretty solid season trey burton for chicago nine receptions 114 yards no touchdown there for him uh, Mark Andrews for the Ravens, nine receptions, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Ingram chipping in as well, five receptions, 86 yards. Allen Robinson, seven receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown for Chicago. Uh, you've got Miles Boykin with two touchdowns for Baltimore as well. Taylor Gabriel helping out in the touchdown department for Chicago. Defensively, we're looking at Tony Jefferson, the second. Ten tackles there for him in Baltimore. Bryce Hall, the second-year man out of Virginia for Chicago. Eight tackles, half a sack. 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, seven tackles for him. Roquan Smith, six tackles, half sack there for him. And Jalen Ferguson for Baltimore with six tackles and a tackle for a loss. <clears throat> oh, wow, we got some kicking stats here. Nice. Uh, Luke Logan, the rookie out of Ole Miss for Chicago, two for two in field goals. Uh, 47 being as long, making all four extra points. And then we've also got Justin Tucker making his only field goal attempt, 53-yarder. This dude is just amazing. He's got some amazing power in that leg. Um, he was also 6 for 6 on his extra points as well. So, incredible game for, for those two kickers. Next up. We've got a divisional game, the Denver Broncos taking on the Columbus Explorers with uh, the Broncos putting up 44 points to the Explorers 24, giving Denver the win here. Uh, 436 yards for Denver, 398 for the Explorers. Uh, the most glaring thing here is the turnovers, obviously. Um, 7 for Columbus, Denver did have three themselves. Time possession, not that it mattered because obviously Denver was scoring quick, but it was about just under a five-point swing there for the Explorers. Uh, Mahomes, 276 yards, one touchdown, seven interceptions in this game. So um, not a very good game for him. Obviously, when you're looking at 276 and a touchdown, you're thinking, yeah, this is looking like a really solid game. Normally it is. Until you see that seven interception stat, that's when everything starts to fall apart there. Um, Justin Herbert, 137 yards, no touchdown there for him. He had an interception as well. Um, so quarterback's not doing the best in this game. So it was definitely a rushing game. And speaking of rushing, um, yeah, I can tell right off the bat, it definitely was. Uh, 11 attempts, 285 yards, three touchdowns for Biggie Backs. Um, that rookie out of Florida State just continuing to dominate the league in rushing. Um, so no surprise here. Zach Swinning for the Explorers. Uh, third man out of Ohio, third year man out of Ohio State. 19 attempts, 129 yards. Um, two touchdowns for him. And actually, another note here, uh, Biggie Backs fumbled twice. Swinning's uh, fumbled one time as well. Uh, Philip Lindsay chipping in a little bit there for some rushing yards. Eight attempts, 42 yards out in Denver. Sammy Watkins taking some receiving yards here. Five receptions, 108 yards, no touchdown there for him. Greg Olson with uh, 78 yards on four receptions as well. He didn't even score. Demarcus Robinson, a 75-yard bomb for a touchdown. Um Biggie Backs chipping in with uh, 29 yards on two receptions in Denver. Cortland Sutton, two receptions, 60 yards there. Um, not too much to say about Denver considering Herbert didn't even throw a touchdown. Defensively, we got Bradley Chubb, seven tackles, six tackles for a loss and an interception. Um, amazing that he's got six tackles for a loss there. Absolutely incredible. Um, Devin McCourty. Uh, six tackles for him. He also had an interception. Um, 
Beckwith, Kendall Beckwith over in Denver. Five tackles, interception for him. Chris Harris Jr. chipping in with two interceptions as well. Uh, Quentin Dunbar with an interception as well. Justin Simmons with two interceptions himself as well. Um, obviously, you know, like I said, seven picks that Mahomes threw. So no surprise that some of these guys were going to get a lot here. Um, another pretty solid stat here. Greg Zarloin for Denver, three for three on his field goals in this game, long of 43 yards, making all five of his extra point attempts. So um, another great kicker stat. I'm loving, absolutely loving, and I know I said this last week, but I am absolutely loving the fact that kickers are getting so involved this year. Um, it's incredible. It's so much more than what they've gotten involved in the first two years of the FNF. So it's just great. Loving the fucking competition with the kickers. Moving on to our next game, we have got the Oklahoma City Nighthawks taking on the New York Football Jets. In a losing effort to the Nighthawks. Uh, they take this one 38-24. Uh, 490 yards for the Nighthawks. 268 for... The Jets, Jets only had 21 yards rushing in this game. Um, that's really sad. Uh, they threw in it, well, I don't know if it was an exception, but they've got one turnover compared to OKC's two time possession going to Oklahoma City, 1943-12-16. Uh, Jameis Winston, 252 yards, two touchdowns. Honestly, um... You can't get too much better than that. He was just shy of a, a perfect quarterback rating. Um, so that's really, really good there for him. Uh, Kellen Munn getting in on the fun as well. 134 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. I'm assuming that's, that's there for him. Let me double check to see here. Offensive pass, 381. So, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Jacob Eason. Definitely wasn't part of this team in OKC at this point because he had 351 yards, touchdown, and a pick. So, Eason, wherever the hell you were playing at this point in time, that was a pretty solid game for him. Um, Jets don't have a quarterback. Maybe that's who their quarterback was at the time. I don't even know. Uh, what do they had passing? 247 yards, so no, not quite. And then again, he had a couple sacks, so depending on how those were. Um, moving on to rushing, Le'Veon Bell, 12 attempts, 95 yards for OKC, um, yes, you heard that right, he is part of the Nighthawks, he is no longer a Jet, uh, Eason again, um, like I said, wherever this guy was, uh, chipping in rushing as well, 5 attempts, 17 yards, Winston had an 8-yard rush as well, and we're not seeing anything here really for rushing for... Um, the Jets, I mean, there's a couple spots here and there, so obviously they're missing somebody as well again. Uh, heading into receiving Mike Evans, nine receptions, 136 yards, two touchdowns. No surprise there. Amazing, amazing year for him still so far. Uh, Chris Godwin, Penn State product again. I'm sorry, guys. I know I keep doing that a lot. Um, three receptions, 93 yards, touchdown for him as well coming into this game. Uh, Robbie Anderson for the Giants, or sorry, the Jets, um, two receptions, 
92 yards touchdown for him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's taking a score as well. Le'Veon Bell on the OKC side chipping in with six receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown as well. So he had a very, very good game overall this that week. Uh, heading over to defense, Jamal Adams. Um, again, somebody who was part of New York who is no longer in New York is a Nighthawk. Um, eight tackles for him in this game. Uh, Rex Bird, the third, the rookie out of Notre Dame for the Nighthawks. Seven tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack. And I believe that's the first time I've said his name since I've started the recaps for the year. Um, for the Jets, their top guy, Brian Poole, uh, seven tackles, not much there. Marcus May had seven tackles as well. Um, Talana Noah Hufanga, I'm assuming is how you pronounce that last name, rookie out of, I'm not sure where, because it says college is not available, which it may just be too long that it doesn't register. Um, six tackles, tackle for a loss there for, uh, the Jets as well. Check out to see if we got some kicking stats in this game, and we do. Um, Josh Lambeau, one for one. 44-yarder, 5-for-5 on his extra points. Steven Goskowski, 1-for-2, 39-yarder, and he made all his extra point attempts as well. So, moving on to the San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Before I jump into this game. I want to say this. Um, the user who is San Fran right now, uh, this game starts something that uh, we can see a, a solid trend with for him um so far just a little spoiler uh throughout our current season um he's taken the trend of taking our better teams and pretty much smashing them um so right now he's kind of in a league of his own uh, he's done an incredible job as far as what he's doing with this team. But before I give away um, too much, because these this podcast in particular with weeks three and four are very, very crucial, um, just in terms of speaking of him. So, like I said, before I give away too much, uh, I want to go ahead and get right into the, the stats here for this game. Um, San Fran takes it 58-32, 33 of the points in San Fran came in the fourth quarter. So they outscored Seattle just in the fourth quarter alone. Um, 471 yards for San Fran, 310 for Seattle. Seattle had five turnovers compared to, um, the 49ers one. And time possession was 1944 
San Fran to Seattle's 12-16. Getting to stats alone, Garoppolo, 372 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Incredible game for him. Um, Russell Wilson, 201 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Again, um, barring those three interceptions, that would have been a great game for Russell Wilson. He also did get sacked four times, which did not help him at all. <clears throat> Rushing, Sea uh, Breezy, rookie out of Rutgers for Seattle. He did do a good job. Um, he did everything he could. 12 attempts, 130 yards, two touchdowns there for him. Um, Tevin Coleman and Sam Fran, 20 attempts, 85 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Raheem Mostert, six attempts, 36 yards for Sam Fran as well. Um, Russell Wilson chipped in for three yards. Uh, he also fumbled once for Seattle. Receiving, um, Isaiah Ford, seven receptions, 115 yards, two touchdowns for the Niners. Tyler Lockett for Seattle, three receptions, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Seabreezy, as I said, um, he did everything in his power this game to, to try to keep that team afloat. Um, four receptions for him, 79 yards, and a touchdown to add to his uh, his game totals along with what he had rushing. Debo Samuel for San Fran, two receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown there for him as well. Moving on to defense, uh, Shaquille Griffin, nine tackles, tackle for a loss for those Seahawks. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert III over in San Fran had eight tackles. Bobby Wagner, seven tackles and a tackle for a loss. Uh, Quandre Diggs also had six tackles and a tackle for a loss there for Seattle. Um, quite a few tackles for a loss in this game between multiple, multiple players. Um, I will point out, let's see, Jadavion Clowney for Seattle. Five tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a sack there for him. But Nick Bosa was a big one there for San Fran. He only had four tackles, but he did have two tackles for a loss and three sacks. So, um... Three out of the four sacks came from him alone over there in San Fran. As far as kicking goes, Giorgio Tavecchio, um, incredible game there for him. Three for three, 37 being the long, five for six on his extra points. Uh, San Fran kind of ran away with this game in pretty convincing fashion, not going to lie. Um, moving to the Philly Eagles against the Atlanta Falcons. Philadelphia takes this one 58-35. Um, oddly enough, even though the stats were remotely close, uh, the Falcons had more offensive yards than what the Eagles had. Um, they also did have two turnovers to Philly's none, and their time of possession was Probably about seven minutes longer, roughly a little more than that. Um, Justin Fields continuing his amazing campaign. Um, 345 yards, four touchdowns there for him. Matt Ryan, 462 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions there for him. Overall, not a bad game. I mean, obviously, again, those interceptions kind of nullify what them touchdowns did, but... Uh, 462 yards to be putting up is really nice. Justin Fields also had a perfect passer rating in this game. Forrest Gump, 
surprise, surprise. Um, nine attempts, 134 yards, three touchdowns there for him. Devontae Freeman, 31 attempts. Man, he ran the ball a lot in that game. Um, 126 yards, three touchdowns for him. He also did fumble once. Justin Fields chipping in, rushing there. Nine attempts, 88 yards with a touchdown, but he fumbled as well. So putting it on the ground as well as putting it in the air. Cameron Brate for Atlanta had 11 receptions, 169 yards for him. Um, Curtis Samuel for Philly, two receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. So he got bombed too, definitely. Uh, 54-yard average. Um, 54 yards. So yeah, both of his receptions were 54 yards because his long was a 54, which means it had to be that touchdown. Um, Jamar Chase, rookie out of LSU for the Atlanta Falcons. Six receptions, 90 yards there for him. Zach Ertz over in Philly, five receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown there. Darius Slayton for um, Atlanta also having two receiving touchdowns as well. Uh, Tyler Higby and Amon Ross St. Brown chipping in with receiving touchdowns as well. Defensively, we got a rookie out of Texas, Caden Stearns, 14 tackles. Wow, that is a new mark for the season, 14 tackles in a game. Tackle for a loss there. Cravon LeBlanc had 12 tackles as well. Um, Matt Milano, 9 tackles and an interception. Ansaha Williams, um, 8 tackles there for him. Nicholas Murrow having 8 tackles and an interception as well there for Philly. Uh, not until we go to DeMonte Kazi for the Falcons. Only five tackles and a tackle for a loss. That being their top rate right there. So, um, they didn't really do much defensively over there in Atlanta. Um, Elliot also kicking a 33-yard field goal as well as making all of his extra points there for Philadelphia in that victory. Let's go to the Chicago Cougars against the Dallas Cowboys for our next game. Uh, 35-9 victory for the Cougars in this one. Um, pretty much evened out stats, even though the scoreboard is very, very different and would tell a different story. Um, even time possession, Dallas had the ball longer here. Sean Bryant, 179 yards, two touchdowns there for him. Prescott, um, 299 yards, really solid game there for him. He just didn't throw an interception or a touchdown in this one. Um, so overall, pretty solid game for him, at least from a yardage standpoint. DeAndre Swift, I'm not surprised being up here. Um, 28 attempts, 162 yards, three touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, 19 attempts and 50 yards there for himself. Prescott also chipping in on the ground, five attempts for 26 yards. Uh, Sean Bryant as well with an 11-yard rush. Um, over to receiving, Michael Gallup, 60, six receptions for 88 yards. Um, Jay Sternberger also had seven receptions for 76 yards for Dallas. A.J. Green taking tops here for Chicago. The old man over there from Georgia. 
Uh, four receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown for him. Michael Thomas chipping in as well. Two receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, Leighton Vander Esch, 10 tackles, and a tackle for loss. For Dallas, excuse me. Um, Quincy Williams for Chicago, 10 tackles, tackle for loss. Marcus Davenport had a hell of a game for Chicago. Um, eight tackles, five for a loss, two sacks. Demarcus Lawrence there for Dallas. Eight tackles, tackle for loss, and a sack as well for him. Um, kicking, obviously, we're going to have a stat here because Dan Bailey was that Dallas offense, um, essentially. Three for three on field goals, 45 being as long. Um, Will Lutz missed his only attempt but was five for five in kicking his extra points. Our next game is a divisional game. It was the Miami Dolphins facing the New England Patriots. Um, this is a team that the Patriots have struggled with uh, since last season. Um, this game was a very, very intense game. It was really back and forth. Uh, unfortunately... For New England, they did not score in the second half, and that's what the downfall was. Miami wins this 24-17 when New England had a chance to put the game into overtime. There was a interception in the end zone to end the game with just a couple seconds left. Um, Miami outgains New England here, 388 yards to 244 Uh Miami did have three turnovers compared to New England's two. Not that that really mattered too much, as well as New England having twice as many third down conversions. Um, time possession, Miami just over a minute longer holding the ball. Williamson, 270 yards, touchdown, two picks. He was also sacked six times in this game. Um, when it comes to playing Miami, uh, with now rookie Joey Rutherford over there and uh, Cameron Jordan. It's pretty hard to stay upright when you play Miami. Cam Newton, 163 yards, touchdown, two picks for him as well. Rushing, we've got uh, Chubber Hubbard, 12 attempts, 109 yards, two touchdowns for him in Miami. Williamson being the top guy there, chipping in with the three attempts, 59 yards, rushing as well for New England. Receiving Odell Beckham Jr., three receptions, 73 yards, still no touchdown to date on the season. Mike Gusecki, four receptions, 61 yards for him. Um, the touchdowns came, let's see, Albert Wilson got a touchdown there for Miami, and Nikhil Harry would have had the one for New England. But he is, spoiler, no longer with the team either. Defensively, we're looking at Joey Rutherford, um, name I just mentioned. Six tackles, two for a loss, two and a half sacks for him in this game. Incredible game for the rookie. Um, Deron Lee, six tackles there for him. Juan Thornhill in New England, six tackles and a sack for him. Devin White, six tackles for him. So, I mean, overall, stats for the most part really solid. Cameron Jordan only had one sack this game. Um, 
compared to what he normally has against New England. So that's that's pretty solid there. Both teams kicked a field goal. Um, both kickers managed to convert on all their extra points as well. And to round out our week three, we had a, another matchup, the rubber match between the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you remember from the last cast, I had said, and even, even dating back to season two as a whole, um, the first game against these two teams was absolutely wild. Uh, the Browns coming out on top, going to the playoffs, Tennessee gets revenge. Here we are with the rubber match. Uh, Tennessee taking this one as well, 24-10. Um, stats pretty much even, about 22 yards in favor of Tennessee. Um, big thing here was turnovers. Cleveland had four, Tennessee only had the one, and... I mean, Cleveland did have the ball longer by like three, roughly over three minutes. Um, Damian Richardson, 158 yards, two touchdowns, interception there for him. Um, Baker Mayfield, 125 yards, no touchdowns, as I said. Four turnovers, he was the turnovers. Four interceptions there for him. Uh, rushing, we got C.J. Anderson, 13 attempts, 97 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry, 15 attempts, 75 yards. Surprisingly, he didn't have a touchdown there. Damian Richardson chipping in as well with 5 attempts, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Nick Chubb with 10 attempts on 50 yards as well. Receiving Jonu Smith over in Tennessee, 3 receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Rashard Perryman chipping in with uh, 35 yards on 2 receptions. The big thing there for uh, Cleveland was Austin Safarian Jenkins with a 24-yard reception. Um, T. Higgins having two receptions for 22 yards. Uh, Eno Benjamin for Tennessee chipped in with a receiving touchdown. Defensively, Jayon Brown, he's been up here at the top a couple times. Ten tackles, two for a loss for him. Cleveland's Denzel Ward, eight tackles for him. Uh, the rookie out of Washington, first time we've said this name, Joseph Gribble. Uh, he had five tackles and a tackle for a loss for Cleveland. Um, Daquan Jones for Tennessee, five tackles, tackle for a loss, and a sack. So overall, I mean, this game wasn't something absolutely huge. It was just a really good battle um both kickers making a field goal uh Joey Sly for Tennessee making one from 46 Austin Siebert making one from 52 over in Cleveland both those guys making the extra points all the way um that wraps up week three pretty solid batch of games obviously um just an incredible week so that being said, let's move on to week four. Starting off with week four, we've got a team we just got done mentioning. New England Patriots taking on the Carolina Panthers at home in a victory. Bounce back after the week three loss to the Dolphins. They managed to pick up the victory here, 65-33. New England 529 yards total offense compared to Carolina's 348 glaring thing here is the New England defense held 
the Panthers to 51 rushing yards throughout the game. Both teams had a turnover. And even though this was a loss for Carolina, they held the ball a heck of a lot longer, nearly five minutes worth of extra time in this game. Looking at the stats, we've got Williamson on top here, 265 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception for him, as well as Carson Wentz having three touchdowns and an interception to go along with 311 yards through the air. Jordan Love, the backup for New England, picking up 21 yards for himself as well. The big thing here... For rushing was Jonathan Taylor for New England. Um, he had a little bit of a tough time going at the start of the year, but he had 224 yards on 15 attempts and three touchdowns in this game. Um, definitely a breakout game for him. I don't believe anybody was expecting that. Williamson also chipping in with three attempts and 38 yards and a touchdown on the ground. The big one here for Carolina is Austin Eckler. 14 attempts, all 51 yards. Did not manage to score in that game. But the good news is, is he did not fumble as well. Receiving DJ Moore on top for Carolina. Five receptions, 171 yards, two touchdowns there for him. Odell Beckham Jr. in New England. Two receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown there. Jalen Gore back over to Carolina. Five receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Marquise Brown, who I believe was not part of this team at this point in time. Um, no, he would not have been. Anyway, um, Marquise Brown for the Baltimore Ravens that week would have had a touchdown. 59 yards on four receptions. Um, again... I'm going to keep going back to this. I really hate that Madden just does not does not have stats to stick where they're supposed to be. Um one final thing to to get here in the receiving category is we've got Jerry Judy with a 55-yard touchdown reception. That was his only reception in the game. So, kudos there to him. Defensively, Dante Hightower takes Tops for New England, seven tackles, a tackle for a loss, and an interception. Trey Boston of Carolina, eight tackles. Taylor Rapp for New England as well, seven tackles, two tackles for a loss. Grady Jarrett continuing with them, um, six tackles and a tackle for a loss for him as well. And then the Panthers' second top defender would be Brian Burns. He had a pretty solid day. Five tackles, a tackle for a loss, a sack and a half. Not too bad there for him. Uh, Steven Hauschka, um, he was 2 for 3 on his attempts, long from 33, and he was 3 for 4 from extra point as well. Our next game is the Cleveland Browns going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, for Cleveland, this was a 46-14 shellacking. Um, 330 yards gained compared to Pittsburgh's 220. 
not too bad there. The huge thing here was turnovers. Um, Pittsburgh had five compared to Cleveland's two, as well as time possession being on the side of Cleveland, having the ball nearly four minutes longer. Baker Mayfield here, uh, 143 yards, two touchdowns, and no interception. Joe Burrow for Pittsburgh. This is the week that he ended up being traded to them. Um, 261 yards for him, touchdown, interception. Overall, not a horrible game for him. Overall, not a, a bad debut over there in Pittsburgh for the Super Bowl champion. Actually, I believe he was also Super Bowl MVP. Maybe that was to Derrick Henry. I honestly can't remember. Um, rushing Nick Chubb up on top. No surprise there. He's been very, very solid so far this season. Um, 14 attempts, 170 yards, three touchdowns for him. Uh, C.J. Anderson uh, kind of... On the flip side, he did have 13 attempts, did have 75 yards, which was nice, but he didn't have any touchdowns, and he actually had two fumbles in this game, so um, not the best game for him. Over in Pittsburgh, honestly, the biggest guy as far as rushing went was Joe Burrow. Um, Five attempts, 21 yards, had a touchdown on the ground, so yeah, overall, his his debut in Pittsburgh was was fairly solid. Caden Smith receiving five receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown there for him. Over in Cleveland, T. Higgins, three receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Smith-Schuster with five receptions, 86 yards. No touchdown there for him, but overall pretty solid day. Um, almost half a dozen receptions for all, nearly 100 yards. Very, very good for him. Uh, Deontay Johnson chipping in on a touchdown there for Pittsburgh as well. Defensively, we're looking at Raquan Davis up top for Pittsburgh. Seven tackles, three tackles for a loss there for him. The rookie, Joseph Gribble, again over there for Cleveland. Six tackles, tackle for a loss, interception for him in this game as well. Ronald Darby and Leon O'Neal for Pittsburgh. Six and five tackles, respectively, there. And Cleveland. Oof. Two nice stats there for them. Um, Mac Wilson and Miles Garrett. Both guys had four tackles. Wilson also had a tackle for a loss. But the big thing here is both of these guys had three sacks respectively be so absolutely amazing um that just means that this defense was just killing through that offensive line this game absolutely amazing um finish it out austin siebert had one for two from field goal range um 38 being the long there and he was five six on extra point so a so-so day for him I mean, at least the kickers are are being used, and I'm sure I'll come back through to this time and time again. But the fact that kickers have been used this year is awesome. Um, Heading to the next game, we've got the Brooklyn Bulls against the Houston Texans, and this game got out of hand and got out of hand quick. 
I don't know what happened here, but Brooklyn put the beat down on the Texans. 91-7, but what's even crazier about this game is all 98 points in this game were scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you heard that right. So, the Bulls scored 91 in the fourth quarter alone. Their entire total of the game. Um, yards gain, not surprised. 763 there for the Bulls. 314 for the Texans. Obviously, one major thing is going to be turnovers. Um, five turnovers there for Houston compared to the one on the Brooklyn side. Time possession, 1904 for Brooklyn to the 1256 of the Houston Texans. Passing stats, um, pretty pretty solid here for the most part. We've got Shea Patterson with 100 yards and a touchdown there for him, but he also had a perfect quarterback rating. Um, the big thing here is Lamar Jackson making his debut in Brooklyn, 363 yards, eight passing touchdowns, and an interception for him. Over in Houston, Deshaun Watson had 266 yards, a touchdown, five interceptions as well. So definitely not a very good day for him. Rushing, Lamar again, no surprise um, to go along with his passing totals. He's also got six attempts for 127 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Sony Michelle doing what he's done all year, 11 attempts, 110 yards, but he did not have a touchdown in this game. Um, even TJ Logan chipping in over there. Nine attempts, 84 yards, and a touchdown there for him. Houston, their big guy there was Wayne Groman Jr. Three attempts, 50 yards, but all three of those attempts were touchdowns on the ground. So, very, very good day there for him. Um, if anything, maybe the attempts would, I'm sure for him, would, would like to go up. Um, obviously the yardage, but the fact that off his touches turned into touchdowns, that was really good for him. Over on the receiving side, Amari Cooper, not surprising to hear this name. Five receptions, 138 yards, three of those being touchdowns. Taylor Wallace, three receptions, 127 yards, and a touchdown for him. Even Cooper Cup chipping in with 107 yards on four receptions, with touchdown for him as well. TJ Logan chipping in on a 54-yard touchdown rece reception. Sorry. Um, even Jalen Waddle, the rookie from Alabama, Two receptions, 24 yards, both those being touchdowns as well. Um, from a Houston standpoint, we've got Kenny Stills being their top receiver. Five receptions, 59 yards. Did not score, though. Um, chipping in on the scoring, I don't believe. Nope, there are none receiving. So that means whoever was a receiver for that team over there in Houston must no longer be with the team. Okay, heading to defense. Uh, rookie out of Delaware State. We are about to start hearing this name a lot. Timothy Poindexter, 13 tackles, no fat tackles for a loss. He's got two sacks, three interceptions in that game. Incredible, incredible, incredible game for this rookie. Um, that's probably the best stat we've had for a rookie all season, I'm pretty sure. Uh, 
at least from the defensive guys. That's that's pretty crazy. The only thing that really could have helped this case a little more was a couple of tackles for a loss, but even still, I mean, two sacks, three interceptions, over a dozen tackles. That's pretty crazy. For Houston, we've got Zach Cunningham. Um, Ten tackles for him, two for a loss, interception as well. Uh, Houston also has... Gary on Conley and Justin Reed, seven and six tackles for them, respectively. Derwin James Jr. for Brooklyn, six tackles and a sack there for him as well. And, of course, there's nothing there in way of um, any kicking stats outside of the fact that Robbie Gold was automatic from extra point being 13 out of 13. Heading into our next game, we've got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the division rival Detroit Lions and what turned out to be a 44-6 victory for Minnesota. 28 of those points coming in the fourth quarter alone. Amazing stat here is 458 total offensive yards for Minnesota compared to Detroit's 92. So they held them to less than... 100 yards in this game 18 rushing yards 74 rushing yards absolutely incredible the detroit did have one less turnover as they had one to minnesota's two and no surprise that minnesota had the ball longer roughly about three minutes Sam Darnold, 175 yards and a touchdown. I know that's not right because there's no way that dude is there on this team at this point in time. I would bet my life on it. Um, And I'm not seeing any stats here for Detroit either. So obviously that quarterback's not there. Uh, So let's go to rushing. 26 attempts, 250 Four yards, two touchdowns, and a fumble for Dalvin Cook for Minnesota. We've also got Curryon Johnson for Detroit. 11 attempts, 15 yards there for him. Obviously, there's not too much to tell in this game as far as rushing for Detroit, considering they had the minimum amount of yardage that they had had. Heading over to receiving, Adam Thielen, three receptions, 71 yards for him. Um, Rookie Kyle Pitts out of Florida, three receptions, 55 yards for him. Um, TJ Hawkinson over there in Detroit, four receptions, 46 yards for him. Um, I'm not seeing any receiving touchdown totals either, which means that the... Wide receiver must have also been traded at some point. Moving to defense, Bud Bud, rookie out of Penn State. We're going to start hearing this name quite a bit, I believe, as well. He's been called a couple different times. Um, A dozen tackles, four of them for a loss as well, uh, and a sack. The big name here for Detroit is Tracy Walker with eight tackles. Um, Everson Griffin at out of Minnesota, six tackles, two tackles for a loss, and two sacks as well. And then Denzel Perryman for Detroit, six tackles and a tackle for a loss. Um, As far as kicking goes, to round off this game, we've got Michael Bagley and Matt Prater both 
two for two on the day. Uh, Michael with a 47 is his long, Prater with a 31. And then, of course, Prater also has um, four extra point conversions on four attempts. Next up, we have got the Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills, a then undefeated Buffalo Bills, as Miami goes on to win this game 56-24. to Miami's got 519 yards offensively in this one. Um, Buffalo with 321. Both teams had a turnover. Time of possession, of course, goes to Miami, who had the ball almost seven minutes longer in this game. <clears throat> Passing stats, Cam Newton, 135.9 QB rating, 257 yards, five touchdowns and an interception there for him. Josh Allen for Buffalo, 223 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Not a horrible day there for him. Um, of course, that interception caused an issue for his quarterback rating. Um, he was also just over half in completion percentage, so that didn't help, obviously, either. But... Regardless of that, um, 223 yards, two touchdowns, pretty solid day for him outside of that interception. Chubba Hubbard, big name here, no surprise. 13 attempts, 185 yards, two touchdowns in Miami. Devin Singletary, 16 attempts, 76 yards, and a touchdown for Buffalo. Cam Newton also chipping in, four attempts, 41 yards. As well as rookie Camden Brown, five attempts, 24 yards for him, the rookie out of Northwood. Receiving, we've got Devontae Parker on top. Again, no surprise here. Seven receptions, 118 yards, three touchdowns there for him, counting for over half of Cam's passing touchdowns on the day. JJ. Arkega white side for the Bills. Five receptions, 70 yards. No touchdown, though. Back over to Miami. Gusecki, Mike Gusecki, the tight end. Five receptions, 59 yards. Touchdown for him. Philip Dorsett over in Buffalo. Six receptions, 55 yards. Picking up a touchdown. And chipping in also for a touchdown for the Bills was halfback David Johnson. Defensively, we're looking at Deron Lee, Miami, out on top again. I mean, they basically just destroyed everything when it came to this game. Um, nine tackles, that was all he had. Not anything huge. Um, of course, they, they always put the, the total tackles up there. Um, but if I had to... Bet money on this one, it would be on Joey Rutherford on the defensive side as an MVP because the rookie, again, we are really going to start saying his name a lot heading into the rest of the season. Rookie out of Florida, um, seven tackles, tackle for a loss, two sacks in the game. For Buffalo, Bud Dupree, seven tackles, tackle for a loss, and a sack for him as well. 
and Tredavious White with six tackles and a tackle for a loss for him as well. Um, from a kicking standpoint, all we have is uh, Matt Coughlin, who is the rookie out of Michigan State, kicking a 53-yarder and, of course, being 3-for-3 three three on his extra points for Buffalo. Brian McManus, um, although he was not needed for a field goal as far as extra points, of course, he made all those 8-for-8. Heading into the next game in week four, we have got the defending Tennessee Titans taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if you guys remember a little earlier, as I said, um, things got really crazy at the start of week three for San Francisco. He became an impact player immediately, um, first by taking down the division Seattle Seahawks who had a very very solid season last year um and he comes in here this game Tennessee going to San Fran and just completely stops the defending champions so in two weeks the 49ers not only beat a very good division rival but then also beat the season two champions um, I don't think we've seen anybody just come in and have their way like this. Um, this puts San Francisco up to 4-0 now on the year. Um, they win this game 49-20. Um, but some of these stats would, you, you would really think that Tennessee would have been the one to win this game. Um, they outgained San Francisco by nearly 100 yards, just shy of 100 yards, actually. Um, 310 of those being from just the rushing yards alone. San Fran was split 175 on both ends. They also had time of possession in this game, 1821 to 1339. But here's the big thing. The thing that killed Tennessee in this game was turnovers. San Fran did not have one. And unfortunately for the defending champions, they had six turnovers in this game, which is very, very uncharacteristic of them. Heading into our passing stats, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, 196 yards, two touchdowns. Solid game for him. Nothing great, nothing spectacular, but it got the job done. Um... For Damian Richardson, the rookie out of Florida, 163 yards there for him, a touchdown, also three interceptions. So, although he's had a fairly solid season thus far, um, it's safe to say that this week was not his best. As far as rushing goes, um, no surprise, Derrick Henry, 15 attempts, 196 yards, two touchdowns. Um... That's pretty typical. Um, usually he has roughly nearly 200-yard games. So he obviously had a game that he normally has. Raheem Moster, 17 attempts, 137 yards, two touchdowns over there in San Fran. Uh, Damian Richardson also chipping in with seven attempts and 100 yards on the ground again. The kicker here is he didn't have a touchdown, but he did fumble twice. So 
if it was me, um, if I was the coach of that team, I would definitely not run so much with the quarterback, especially if he's going to be fumbling, because I believe his fumble totals may be up to about four or possibly five this season. I believe I recall him somewhere in the other three weeks fumbling at least a couple times. Um, Tevin Coleman also chipping and rushing, not anything, you know, crazy, just three attempts, 20 yards was what it was. Um, he made the most of what he had receiving. We got Dante Pettis out on top three receptions, 148 yards. Wow. And two touchdowns there for him. Um, that is pretty crazy. Averaged almost 50 yards a catch. Um, so Dante Pettis taking in the long ball. Jonu Smith, Tennessee, uh, three receptions, 60 yards, as well as Corey Davis with three receptions and 40 yards. Um, the lone touchdown going to uh, halfback Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State, 17-yard reception there for him. Defensively. Fred Warner out in San Fran, out on top. Eight total tackles, two tackles for a loss in that game. For Tennessee, Vernon Hergreaves, the third being top here. Six tackles, tackle for a loss for him as well. Um, going back to San Fran, D. Ford had himself a game. Six tackles, two for a loss as well as two sacks. And Harold Landry, the third in Tennessee with five tackles, two tackles for a loss, and Two sacks for him as well. Giorgio Tavecchio um, added again this week. Two for two from field goal range. Um, 47 being the long. Five for five on his extra points. Uh, so, again, he, he's been used quite a bit this year, which is pretty pretty awesome. And it just shows to prove how good... This 49ers team is this year. Moving on to the next game, we have, as I had recently just talked about, the Seattle Seahawks taking on a division rival again, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, no denying who won this game. Seattle taking it 55 to 10, 622 yards to Arizona's 224, as well as. Wow, both teams having quite a few turnovers in this game. Um, Arizona having five, Seattle having four. And time of possession also just barely on the side of Arizona. Um, I'm honestly surprised there were so many turnovers in this game. Russell Wilson, 379 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. So, I mean, the yardage is there. The touchdowns are there, obviously. One thing they don't want to see there is the interceptions. Um, Andrew Luck, who is joining the Arizona Cardinals in this game, 186 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions in his debut there after being traded from Pittsburgh to New England to Arizona all in the same week. Rushing, we've got C. Breezy, rookie out of Rutgers. As I said, we're definitely going to be hearing this dude's name a lot this year. Um, 199 yards on 13 attempts with two touchdowns there for him. 
Wilson also chipping in eight attempts, 75 yards, a touchdown. But of course, you know, got a fumble there, unfortunately for him. Um, and Isabella with a 32 yard rushing attempt for Arizona. Tony Pollard, 14 attempts, 31 yards. He also fumbled once as well. And Jarek McKinnon out of Seattle also chipping in with a rushing touchdown as he was two attempts on 10 yards. Receiving, we've got Tyler Lockett out on top there for Seattle. Four receptions, 157 yards. No touchdown, though. Um, so even though he had an amazing game, he just could not seem to get the job done as far as getting a touchdown. Um Golden chip in this game, seven receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. I actually believe he was still in Houston at this point in time. Um, actually, I'm almost 100% positive he was in Houston at this time. So that's what he would have had in a game for Houston. DK Metcalf, eight receptions, 91 yards, three touchdowns there for him. Okay, so that would be why Tyler Lockett didn't have the touchdown because DK Metcalf was being fed the ball twice as many receptions. A little less than half the yardage, but he did pick up all three touchdowns in that game. Um, Andy Isabella, name out there in Arizona again, four receptions, 63 yards there for him as well. Defensively, we're looking at Bobby Wagner on top. 12 total tackles, tackle for a loss, and an interception for him. Buda Baker for Arizona. We've got eight tackles, two tackles for a loss there for him as well. Um, Quandre Diggs, six tackles, tackle for a loss for Seattle. Uh, Arizona will go to... Defensive tackle, third-year man out of Bucknell, Brett Wickstrom. Five tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a half a sack there for him. Um, not much in the way of kicking. Zane Gonzalez kicking a 30-yard field goal. Other than that, that was about it. Heading to the next game, guys. We have got the Oklahoma City Nighthawks blanking. The Chicago Bears, 51 nothing here. Chicago's just, they're in a bad way this year. They can't do anything. There's quite a few games they have not even scored a single point. So whatever's going on there, they need to fix it quick. Um, 437 yards for the Nighthawks to Chicago's 182. Chicago also having six turnovers, whereas the Nighthawks did not have any, which was a huge, huge thing there. Um, time possession, they... The Nighthawks held the ball roughly seven minutes, just under seven minutes longer than what Chicago did. Jameis Winston passing nearly, just nearly missing the perfect passer rating. 157.8 there for him. 223 yards, two touchdowns. Trey Lance, rookie out of North Dakota State. For Chicago, 174 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception there for him. Um, as I said, with rookie quarterbacks, especially, um, if if they seem to lose their footing in the first game, um, and it all comes crashing down, there can be an issue where they cannot 
pick themselves up and it looks like that first game really really affected Trey Lance because he's not done a very solid job basically all year um so I hate to say this and it is early and Trey is also just a rookie but for Chicago if I was them I would really look to at least starting Kyle Allen to see if there's a difference there um the rookie at this point just needs to take a back seat. It may even be time to move on from him, even though it's very, very early in the season. Um, look into possibly trying to get him out of Chicago and picking up something better. Uh, also chipping in passing for Oklahoma City was Jacob Eason. He had 101 yards for himself. No touchdowns, no interceptions, just 101 yards. So, I mean... You know, 101 yards for a, a backup quarterback being thrust into the lineup at some point in the game. Not bad there for him. Pretty solid day. Rushing, Le'Veon Bell. Um, he's been a pretty solid beast for OKC since heading over there. 22 attempts, 170 yards, two touchdowns. As well as Ronald Jones the second with three attempts, 31 yards, and two touchdowns as well. David Montgomery in Chicago, 11 attempts, 10 yards. Wow, that is crazy. Didn't even have a yard carry average. And he fumbled once. As well as Tyreek Cohen, sorry, Cohen um, fumbling once. That That's crazy. Um... I mean, he at least fared a little better with a two-yard average, but still, three carries on six yards. That's just horrible. Jameis Winston chipping in, rushing for OKC as well. Just a five-yard attempt, so it wasn't anything major. Probably something to get across that line to continue a drive. It's really good to see Winston focus more on passing the ball than trying to run the ball. Receiving Mike Evans on top. Four receptions, 107 yards, no touchdown there for him, though it was a very, very solid day for the most part. Allen Robinson in Chicago, five receptions, 69 yards for him. Austin Hooper getting a touchdown in the way of a two-reception, 51-yard day, as well as Chris Godwin having a 19-yard reception, his lone reception on the day, actually. Eddie Jackson, free safety for Chicago. Ten tackles, a tackle for a loss. OKC, we've got Eric Murray, nine tackles and a tackle for a loss, as well as the rookie from Notre Dame, Rex Bird third. He had himself a nine tackle, one tackle for a loss day. Mike Edwards. And OKC, six tackles and a tackle for a loss. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for the Bears, six tackles, tackle for a loss. So the stats overall, nothing like huge. Um, of course, Jamal Adams chipping in with an interception in OKC. I believe he's had a pick just about every game he's played in OKC so far. So not a shocker there. Uh, Josh Lambeau kicking it one time. Um, 20 yarder so pretty much automatic there as well as being six for seven on his extra points moving on to our next game we have got 
the Chicago Cougars taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles take this one 51 to 32. Um, the yardage standpoint, 443 for Philly to the 374 there in Chicago. Both teams having three turnovers, so uh, pretty much balanced out there. As well as the Cougars having time of possession, 19-19 to 12-41. The huge thing here is, you know... The Eagles didn't really score in the fourth quarter. They they had a safety. They ended up with two points, but their big quarter was the third. Um, 28 points there for them. So that was the turn in the game to pretty much give them this one. Uh, as we head to the passing stats, we've got Justin Fields on top. And he had himself a hell of a game so far this year. Uh, 214 yards, three touchdown day, as well as throwing two picks. Um, that's not anything major. Um, barring those interceptions, that would have been a, a really good year. Well, sorry, a really good day, rather. Um, you know, he he's a rookie. He'll have a couple games here and there where he may not be able to just get the job done. And it's not that he didn't even get the job done, it's just... He did a little more harm than what he did good for the most part. Um, Sean Bryant for the Cougars. Horrible day for him. Um, a 34.4 QB rating. 90 yards and two interceptions. Didn't even throw a touchdown pass. Um, he also got sacked five times in this game. So he had himself one freaking heck of a bad day. DeAndre Swift, on the other hand, for the Cougars, 37 attempts, 266 yards, three touchdowns. No surprise there. DeAndre Swift, um, he is a game-changing player. So he, for quite a few weeks, has been Chicago's offense. Um, he's an incredible back. He's quick. He He's very shifty. Um as far as his juke and spin moves go, um, if you're not, if you don't have a second guy there to try to counteract what he's doing on another defender, he's getting away and breaking off for more yards. And this is a game where we've got two incredible backs because we've got the 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 shifty, quick guy in DeAndre Swift, but on the flip side, over in Philly, we've got that bruiser in Forrest Gump, who just ground and pound barrel through you which we've seen time and time again in our two and now quarter seasons in FNF. Um, 12 attempts for Forrest, 166 yards, three touchdowns for him as well. So again, like I said, guys, um, this one was a, a tale of two backs, pretty much. Um, both of them guys getting the job done, doing what they do best. Sean Bryant chipping in for Chicago. Um, three attempts, 52 yards, a touchdown, but also fumbled. So, again, um, it's one of those things with a mobile quarterback where, you know, they can make plays, but if they're going to fumble a lot, it's it's one of those things where you don't necessarily want to move them on the ground unless it's safe. Um, 
I've seen too many times where a quarterback who's quick, who can be mobile, um, keep a play alive, extending drives, do something magical to, you know, extend the drive, and then it all comes crashing down because they drop the ball and the other team recovers. Um, it, it's a killer. It's a it's a huge deflator not only for the team. It's a huge deflator for that player, um, especially for your defense because if you're looking to try to put something together or they're, you know, taking a breather and then next thing you know, boom, you're back out on the field. It's an absolute killer. It really is. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields also chipping in six attempts, 47 yards there for him. And again, another fumble by a quarterback. Um, so that's what possibly four or five fumbles that I have just talked about within like the last 20 minutes or so. Miles Sanders chipping in as well, four attempts, 30 yards in Philly, as well as Darwin Thompson, four attempts for 14 yards, scoring a touchdown on the ground there for Chicago. Receiving, we got Zach Ertz on top, an amazing tight end, five receptions, 116 yards, two touchdowns for him. O.J. Howard, tight end for Chicago, two receptions, 48 yards for him. I don't believe he's had some crazy games since being signed to the contract that he was signed to out there in Chicago. So um, they may want to evaluate that deal a little bit. I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe maybe he's been taken out of a couple games, and maybe he's got an in underlying injury that we may not know about. But he has not been very, very good this year. Um, I mean, I, I guess he's been okay, but... Other than that, I mean, he hasn't done anything to to wow anyone. Uh, Melvin Gordon as well. Uh, I don't believe he did much rushing the ball, but he did get three receptions for 42 yards. Um, Tyler Higby in Philly had 29 touchdown yard reception. Um, that was the only reception he had in the game, obviously. And DeAndre Swift chipping in with his rushing yards as well. Um, two receptions, 27 yards, no touchdown there for him. Defensively, Sidney Jones, the fourth, um, 12 tackles, three tackles for a loss. Fletcher Cox, um, seven tackles, three tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks, as well as Michael Brockers as well. Seven tackles, tackle for a loss, and two and a half sacks for him. Um, and Josh Sweat. I guess we're going to keep going down the list for Philly. Um, six tackles, four tackles for a loss, and a sack for him as well. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, he had six tackles, two for a loss, as well as an interception. Now we get to Chicago. Kenny Young, six tackles, four tackles for a loss for him. Um, <laughs> heading back in the way of Philly. Uh, Matt Milano, six tackles, a tackle for a loss, and a sack. And then finally, going back to Chicago, Natrell Emerson, or sorry, Mitrell, Nutrell. Man, some of these names, man. <sighs> Nutrell Jamerson. There we go. Five tackles and an interception there for him as well. Um, Nothing in the way of kicking outside of. Both kickers making all their extra points. Jake Elliott did 
attempt to kick a field goal in this one, but missed. So let's move on to our final game of the week, guys. Um, final game of week four. It was the Denver Broncos against the Baltimore Ravens. 42-39 victory for the Broncos in this one. Stats pretty even here. Um, 472 yards for Denver. 438 for Baltimore. So just under a 40-yard swing there. Um, rushing and passing in favor of one or the other. 285 for Denver rushing. And then Baltimore taking passing 298 to 187. Uh, Denver also had a turnover in this one, whereas Baltimore did not. And Baltimore also had time of possession roughly about a minute and a half longer than what Denver had held the ball. Kyler Murray making his debut in Baltimore 300 yards, four touchdown day for him in his debut. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, very, very good day for him. Justin Herbert in Denver, 187 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception there. Pretty solid day for him as well. Um, barring that interception, wouldn't have been so bad. Biggie backs on top here. Rookie from Florida State, as I said, I'm positive i've said last week this name is going to be heard a lot this year um 13 attempts 177 yards and a touchdown for him philip Lindsay chipping in as well 12 attempts 109 yards two touchdowns for him todd Gurley making his baltimore debut 22 attempts 100 yards 101 yards rather didn't score though but Still, overall, pretty solid day there for him. Kyler Murray chipping in as well. Four attempts for 20 yards. And Mark Ingram having five attempts, 19 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Finishing off for Baltimore. Heading to receiving, we've got Kaysen Rudy. Eight receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown for him. Cortland Sutton in Denver. Eight receptions for him as well, only 93 yards, but three huge touchdowns for him. Uh, Miles Boykin, the Baltimore Ravens, six receptions, 68 yards, two touchdowns for him, as well as Nikhil Harry, seven receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown as well. Now, I honestly can't remember. Nikhil Harry may have been in New England at this point in time, um, this trade was done week four, but whether or not it was done before or after these games, I honestly cannot remember. Um, Denver also has Noah Font with five receptions, 43 yards on the day. Let's move on to defense. Chris Harris Jr., an 11 tackle day for him, one tackle for a loss. Old man Earl Thomas for Baltimore, nine tackles and a tackle for losses for him. Bradley Chubb back over to Denver, nine tackles, two tackles for a loss on a sack for him. And 
Let's see, one more for Denver. Nope, sorry, Baltimore. We've got Tony Jefferson the second with seven tackles. Two more here for Denver. We've got Marquise Blair and Isaiah Simmons. Seven tackles, one tackle for a loss for the both of them as well. Uh, Jalen Ferguson around everything up here defensively. Six tackles, one tackle for a loss for him. Um, we've got Justin Tucker making a 41-yard field goal in this game, as well as making all four of his extra points, and Greg Zerloin over there in Denver making all six of his extra points as well. So, guys, to wrap up week four, it was a very, very solid week across the board for a lot of these teams. Um, main issue really being the fumbling by a lot of these mobile quarterbacks. Um, it's got to be something that's definitely got to be looked at by, by these guys here, and hopefully they can get it figured out. Some of these QBs just, they need to stop running so much. Um, if, if they're going to be at risk of fumbling the ball, just, they either need to get down or out of bounds or just not run the ball at all, honestly. Um, that's all we've got for this week. So, tune in next time when we've got weeks 5 and 6 on the board. Um, actually, not only that, I want to do this as well. Um, after our Super Bowl, we decided to... You know, do some power rankings for basically just the user teams in the league. Um, basing those games on, of course, you know, what the record is, um, their strength of schedule, which is basically tied into just our head-to-heads in the league, um, the win-loss streak, as well as their point differential between points for and points against the playoff performance is also in there which is used for our end of season ranking um that mainly is used strictly for obviously as it states our playoff portion of the season um our rankings after the first four weeks of of the season as soon as I can find it here okay due to what Sam Fran did weeks three and four no surprise here they're out on top we've got the Miami Dolphins in the number two spot Philadelphia Eagles number three the Brooklyn Bulls number four and rounding out your top five, we've got the Denver Broncos. Six through ten, we've got the defending Super Bowl champion Tennessee Titans. Seattle Seahawks sitting at seven. Cleveland Browns sitting at eight. Oklahoma City Nighthawks sitting at nine. And the Minnesota Vikings sitting at ten. We also add two honorable mentions who are two teams who just missed out on the bubble in making the top 10 rankings. Those are done in no particular order. Um, it's just 
they're two teams that are very solid who have a case to make the top 10 ranking, but for some reason or other were left out. So those two teams there are the Columbus Explorers and the New England Patriots. Um, this the, the power ranking is definitely something fun. Um, we're actually getting ready to work on our next set as we are actually in week 9 currently. So I've got a little bit of content to get done and out to you guys next time. So just after week 8... Pay attention, be on the, the lookout here because you will get your second set of power rankings, which just as a little teaser for you guys, let's just say things have really, really been shaken up since that first ranking was out. So I'm anxious to, uh, to get that in here and for you guys to take a listen on that. But anyway, guys... Take it easy. Until next time, like I said, next week we've got weeks 5 and 6. Following that up with 7 and 8. And, hey, we're already halfway through the year. It's pretty incredible. But alright guys, take it easy.